This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the HeadGum Podcast Network. This is the show where we tackle a topic oh so loosely and discuss our previous, present, and future experience with it. Today's topic was learning, and our guest was Baron Vaughn. We hope you enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Okay, welcome back. This is the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. And it is episode number 66. Route 66, Bill. Okay, I was going to say Mario Lemieux. Mario Lemieux. Sure. He had the good Hodgkin's disease. Oh, I'm going to stay far <laughs> okay. away from Okay, that. I'm conflating a few references. That was, he did have... <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, and I opt out. He, okay, maybe we should just maybe scrub that. For the record, he did come down with Hodgkin's lymphoma, and there's that funny Seinfeld episode where they debate, is it the good Hodgkin's or is it the bad Hodgkin's? Again, just going to opt out. Okay, we'll just... Might have worked for Larry Retreat and Jerry. from that conversation. Billy's out. Exactly. Billy's out. Okay. <laughs> Route 66, the friendlier reference to right. number 66, uh, is the stri- – that actually ends – the end of Route 66 is the Santa Monica Pier. That's right. Did you know that? Yeah. Oh, interesting. So <laughs> just drive right off the pier and, you, and you've experienced the whole and road. And that's America. The end of America is driving off into the ocean. <laughs> that's how America ends. Uh, episode number 66, we had Dan Klein on t- a couple episodes ago. We did. And uh, guests were so fun. We said let's have another very funny guest. Yeah, so we invited one of our favorite people, someone who – who I personally am a little intimidated by how smart he is, so we had him on the podcast. Luckily, I am not. You are not intimidated. In no way. No way at all. Known him too long. You have big arms. You don't get intimidated. Well, I've known him way too long. That's right. It's all an act. Um, he, uh, you may know him from Netflix's Grace and Frankie. Uh, he is going to appear on the upcoming reboot of Mystery Science Theater 3000, which is insane. Uh, he and I recently worked together on Hampton DeVille, coming out on Comedy Central this summer. And if you've ever been to a comedy club, you've probably seen <laughs> yeah. him perform there. Baron Vaughn. Hello. (laughs) You know, you mentioned Route 66. I actually grew up on Route 66. Are you serious? Yeah, the little town that I was uh, reared in. And that I mean um, when I was walking around, people were like, (laughs) (laughs) reared. That's the worst. (laughs) Everyone's a little tiger. So we're going to edit out the Hodgkin's lymphoma (laughs) joke and the rear joke. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Um, Where was this? Tucumcari, New Mexico. Tucumcari. Oh, that's right. Which yes. is a teeny town. It's a teeny town, population 5,000. Wow. Route 66 runs right through the middle of it, and it was basically our main street. Was your mail, were you on Route 66? Do people live on Route 66? Well, Does no. it get that local? I am not exactly sure. I think that they, I think they literally called it Main Street. Wow. There you go. <laughs> and um, because isn't the nickname of Route 66 America's Main Street? I think street? it's America's Main Street. Yeah. 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 <laughs> America. Bless you. As if America Sorry, needed a Main Street. Yeah, exactly. Well, we have one, and it runs through Baron's house. Well, it's... <laughs> Interesting because the story of it, like, I was there recently and I got I got to see kind of how Route 66 changed the economy. Oh, that's interesting. How? Because there was a downtown area that was sort of the hub of the city. And this is in New Mexico. Yes. Okay. And then when Route 66 was built blocks away from there, mm. it kind of drew all the business. Of course. Of course. That way because that's mm-hmm. where people were driving mm-hmm. through town. Of course. Blah, blah, blah. It's America's Main Street. Then I-40? Okay. Is basically a bypass for Route 66. Okay, ah. And so now all the business that used to come through Route 66 yes. is now not coming in. Yes. Because of I-40. Because of I-40. So it's like the highway gentrification. People are not stopping in the town. That's right. Right. They're and, bypassing yeah, the exactly. Town. Um, what sort of shopping uh, could one do in Tucumcari? I mean, like, what was the sort of – what was the commerce – 
Um, it, I think like uh, lumber was yeah. a big thing. Yeah. Farming. Get your wood. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like a town that um, has shut down in a lot of different ways. Got it. It's one of these forgotten American towns mm. you always hear about. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like the neighborhood that I grew up in, like houses are boarded up and it's wow. like no one's ever going to go over there. Yeah. Like, that's, oh, yes. That's the end of that. Yes. That's so sad. Yes. Yeah, anyway, I'm glad I could start on a high so, note. Uh, anyway, so that's <laughs> so our episode. We're talking comedy clubs. <laughs> Forgotten America. <laughs> so you would get out of school, like you would finish your school later on three, go down to the lumber yard, pick up some knives. <laughs> um, yeah, everybody just was going down to the lumber yard. would <laughs> yeah. be like, hey, you guys got any l- lumber? Lumber? Do you have any lumbers? <laughs> and then you took that S, put it at the beginning, and yeah. it was slumber. slumber. And that's exactly. how you end it every day. Uh, but we uh, funny that we mentioned school though. We are we do want to talk to you about learning today. Yeah. Um, only because, like I said at the beginning, sort of facetiously, uh, you are a learned man. <laughs> I will speak for myself. I was a terrible student. Not a terrible student in that I didn't have the capacity to learn. I didn't uh, like learning. Yeah. We've talked about this before. Yes. Oh, what I think does that. What does that mean? Well, I think that the like the way that the traditional, at least in school. Um, I wasn't uh, – the the teacher teaching whatever and us just having to learn it uh, didn't necessarily land on me yeah. when I found my interest, like most people. Right. I'm, I had the capacity to want to learn more and ask the questions. Right. But I find like – I find that most learned people – Yes always want to ask more questions and yeah. just simply dig deeper. Yes. Yeah. You seem so naturally curious, Baron. Have you always been? Well, yes, I have always yes. been um, because secrets were kept from me when I was a kid. So I was like, why? Why? And no. then I just decided to learn other information to fill in the holes of the shit that was happening in my family that's that no so one wanted to tell me about. That's so interesting. It literally yeah. benefited you yes. to have to dig deeper. Also, my grandmother was very, very, very concerned about education, always, hmm. always very concerned about education. She saw education as the key to advancement yes. in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. She was sort of like of that civil rights era kind of a person, like, mm-hmm. we need to educate and blah, 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 right? Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. So she taught me cursive Wow. when I was in kindergarten. Really? So I was always interested in words yeah, and yeah. spelling and learning, and I kind of had a... I always would – I have this habit that, like, I, I read signs out loud. Yeah. Like, if I'm driving down the street – like, if I'm ever in your car, for instance, right. Billy. Yeah. I'm in your passenger side yeah. seat, and we're driving down the street. I'll just look at signs, and I'll start saying things out loud. <laughs> you can't – is it, like, compulsive? Like, you have to it's, almost? It's because when I was a kid and I could read, and a lot of the kids I knew couldn't read yet. Oh, that's so interesting. It was such a, like, oh, it was a habit. Uh, Vons. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Kmart. I remember. I remember the first time I read. It was watching Woody Woodpecker. Maybe we've talked about this on the pod before. Yeah. But uh, there was like these little like bumpers after every cartoon that would lead you into commercials, and it was yeah. like a still frame of Woody doing something. Yes. And there was this one that always would happen, and he was riding. He was surfing, and I always thought it said something about Tuesday, but I didn't know what he was saying exactly. <laughs> and then one day I was watching the cartoons again, and it said "Stay tuned." It just like opened up, oh, and I was just like. I can read now. And I will stay tuned. Wow. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I was glad to know that the TU in tuned was kind of in the direction of Tuesday. Yeah. But it was stay tuned. Yes. So I get your I get your inclination to want to read when you're a kid and you know how. So Baron, your grandmother is wanting to teach you cursive. Are you uh receptive to that? Sort of uh being taught, or are you resistant? Because I Billy am. and I have talked about how we're both resistant to being told what to do almost in any capacity. Well, yes. Now, that's the thing, because what you're talking about, like you talk about that dig deeper thing. Yeah. I think it's like everybody has curiosity. Right. I think that 
the way that we have structured the school system is kind of messed up. Yeah. So it doesn't really um, champion curiosity. Mm-hmm. It kind of teaches more conformity. Like Rule following. these are the answers, and everyone does the work in the exact same way. This right. is what everyone needs to know. That's right. right. And right. everyone doesn't learn in the exact <laughs> A national same. That's curriculum. For sure. right. Yes. Exactly. So, um, my grandmother who loved me, mm-hmm. educated me from mm-hmm. a place of love as opposed to a place of obligation. Right. right. Which is what school is. <laughs> right. You're supposed to know these things, and if you're not, you're dumb. And you At go this like, age. Oh. Right. Yes, exactly, and that's stressful. Stressful as To hell. tell to a kid for, that you're for stupid. Teachers. Yes. And for, almost more so for teachers. Like, because you can... I know that teachers have given out Ds and literally watched a heartbreak. Yeah. Like, oh, I just ruined this child's life. Seriously. Yeah. Exactly. Like, you see a first grader get that paper back and be like, why did you... Like, oh, no. I just crushed this child's heart. I don't think this is why I wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. Right. Was to kick people's hearts out of their own chests chest before they know anything. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but... My grandmother taught me that from a place of love. Yeah. So knowledge was love. Yeah. And I also kind of took a little bit of a pride in knowing yeah. something that not all the other kids knew. Yes. Definitely. Yes. There's there's always that great feeling in like social scenarios where people are all talking about something that you know, you actually know, and yes. they all clearly don't. Yes. But they're like opining and loosely lofting out like facts that they've read in a headline somewhere. Yeah. And you can either choose to engage or not, but you do know the facts. Yes. There's something so empowering about just sitting back and being like, you schmucks. I and you... Oh, I'm sorry. No, sorry to interrupt, Adam. And Please. you know where you learn the most, Billy? Tell or, me. When you admit that you don't that know you it, don't know. Exactly. For real, dog. Yeah. When you just go like, For I don't real. know what that is. What is that? And tell there, me. And, and then someone can tell you. <laughs> and there's something so like yeah. I, I like respect that so much. Yeah. That somebody can like like there's something to be said for like just saying I don't know everything I don't and know. I want to learn. It's like I don't know helps. That actually helps pro- progress yes. the conversation. Yeah, yes. but but also but that's the thing is we because of our school system. Mm-hmm. We've kind of been given this lesson mm. that if you do not know, mm. you're lesser than. That's right. You're right. Swallow sort of, You're it's right. It's sort of um, an attack on your, your self-esteem. I agree right. with you. Yes, you're right. right? You're yes. totally right. I got my taxes done this very morning. I was sitting there, and I had thought I had all the right paperwork. The woman made one sort of sly remark like, oh, it doesn't look like you know exactly what you're doing. And I felt shattered. <laughs> right. Oh. I felt ch- I'm a 33-year-old man, and this is another adult being like, I don't think you know exactly what you're doing, which is true, and I felt depressed. Right. And it just, like, crushed me. And right. it was that same impulse of, like, the sh- all that shame came flooding back to me of, like, I don't know what I, I don't know. Right. And, and shame is the key word, Adam. Yeah. And yeah. you would think that as a kid, you know, that would be the the time where you really need to kind of like support and like really just like nurture a child's curiosity because at some point you grow out of school right which means that you grow out of any sort of you know structure in saying you have to learn again today you have to learn again today and now you're on your own and if you were uninspired to learn right then as an adult you're definitely going to be like just reversing you're just not going to want to dig deeper yeah, exactly. yeah. you know you need to feel the value of actually learning new information yeah. it's and hard you've... to invent that habit as an adult yes yeah. because you've been marginalized yeah. you feel you're being made to feel stupid, right. yeah. a failure, a flunky, and of course your parents might yell at you. Yes. The other kids might yell at you. Yes. Right. No. Right. Even like when you know a lot, because I'm not going to act like I wasn't bullied. Right. Yeah, so yeah. That sometimes knowing things was also the kids, because I realized this, I was saying this to my girlfriend the other day, I realized something that happened when I was younger, which was that 
I was being made an example of. Mm. Like I would do something well in class. Oh, the teacher would single me out mm-hmm. and be like, "Look, yes, exactly." To shame. Yeah, that's a quick way of making a lot of enemies. <laughs> it, right. Yeah. She shamed all of the <laughs> other kids. Right. Look what you did with me. Do. Look what you Baron. all didn't do. Live up to Baron. So I got <laughs> scared yeah. or bullied or and then you know and then sought to. Uh, minimize my own yeah. intelligence, which is, which is crazy, or sticking out in any yes. sort which of way, which is crazy. Exactly, have to dumb it down for the crowds. Yeah, um, let's go into the first act break. Great. Do we have a song? Anyone in the room that uh, reminds us of learning any sort of educational song or uh, maybe a Smarty Pants rap song? Oh, that's interesting. Is there a Smarty Pants rap song, Baron, that comes to your mind? A Smarty Pants. I, rap I feel like we've already done the alphabet rap. I feel like we've played that on this we have show. Played I don't know why uh, Mambo Number no. Five keeps coming to head. Maybe it's because he just counts. <laughs> Hold up, and I'm like, that's educational. One. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. Yo, oh, he, like knows a Sesame he knows Street how to count. No one is mad at Lou Bega right now. <laughs> Forever. No one's mad at Lou Bega. Welcome to our podcast exclusively about Lou Bega. We yeah. have no choice but to play yeah. Mambo number Mambo five, number five right is now. happening right now. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We'll be right back with more No Joke. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. A little bit of Monica in my life, a little bit of Erica by my side, a little bit of Rita's all I need, a little bit of Tina's what I see, a little bit of Sandra in the sun, a little bit of Mary all night long, a little bit of Jessica, here I am, a little bit of you makes me your man. Jump up and down and move it all around. Shake your hand to the sound. Put your hands on the ground. Take one step left and one step right. One to the front and one to the side. Clap your hands once and clap your hands twice. And if it looks like this, then you're doing it. A little bit of Monica in my life. A little bit of Erica by my side. A little bit of Rita's all I need. A little bit of Tina's what I see. A little bit of Sandra in the sun, a little bit of Mary all night long, a little bit of Jessica, here I am, a little bit of you makes me your man. A little bit of Tina's what I see A little 
little bit of Sandra in the sun, a little bit of Mary all night long, a little bit of Jessica, here I am, a little bit of you makes me your man. the track Mamo number five right. by Lou. Is it Vega or is it Vega? Vega. I think it, Vega was Street Fighter 2. That's right. <laughs> Small difference. Vega was Street Fighter. Vega's the rock star. Right. But also the Spanish pronunciation of V is sometimes a B sound. So there there you go. Go. Yeah. Yes. I would love to see Vega sing Lou Vega. So would I. I <laughs> <laughs> jumping off the walls. <laughs> Just pump a game genie into Street Fighter 2, and uh, let's get what can we get out of Vega? Vega, you fake ass Wolverine! (laughs) Those claws aren't biological. biological Yeah, that's true. You're right about that. I can knock your claws off. You'd be all like, "Oh my fists now!" (laughs) Just some normal. I'm just Dave Vega. Yeah, (laughs) Vega got claws. Blanca got everything. Yeah, electricity. Right. Uh, Yeah. By the way, there is a uh, speaking of learning. Yes, Baron. There's a YouTube documentary Hmm. that's about Street Fighter 2. Go on. It's a it's a, like the 25 year anniversary of Street Fighter when they the made cr- it. The creation of it and the creation the of the creation characters. Of the game and the creation of the characters, the cool. creation of the culture. Was cool. that like a comic book? Because it's such like a those characters no. are like they feel like rich. It's vivid. It was a video game first, and then wow. the comic book started. That makes sense. So it's like like people like talked about it like it was chess. Like <laughs> right. It's, it's 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 actually a really cool documentary, and the right. whole thing is up on uh, YouTube if you want to go see it. I yeah. What it's called. I love the notion of treating like down down kick kick punch like chess. Just like oh, no, but that was <laughs> yeah. new. Yeah. No one had done that. I know, I know. You're right about now that. Now it seems trivial. Now, now it's it the seems same. Elementary. Two up, three over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can only go diagonal. <laughs> yeah. One move at a time. Yeah. And that was exactly. like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. Were coming. That was like that was like the perfect storm. Coke and Pepsi. Yeah, we were ready for all <laughs> yeah, yeah. that soda. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Just back to Lou Bega for a second. Absolutely. The song came out like 15 years ago, at right? Least. Like 2001, 2002, I would say maybe. So. Yeah. Where's Mambo number six? Seriously. Or Guy. four, three, two, or one. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> one of those sequels that they thought was going to move. And they're like, well, the fifth one didn't work yeah exactly <laughs> they probably just like made drafts they had like one through four in their draft folder and five was the one with like it's radio ready yeah yeah yeah. five will pop <laughs> let's just pump out mambo number five Five will definitely pop all right he's like should we scrap the number five from the title no nope, we leave it too late we, we already it. uploaded it work it in there or yeah. six one they'll just call it rocky balboa <laughs> exactly <laughs> mambo number rocky exactly um so today we're talking about learning with uh baron yes um baron uh your grandmother was instrumental in sort of like valuing education education you have yes. wrapped up with loving feelings which yes. is think is like 80% of the battle, it seems like, yeah. to want to learn. And then to, like you were saying, Billy, create that habit once you get out of school. Because once you're out of school, everyone's an autodidact. It's like, here's the world. Go learn. You got to enjoy learning. You yeah. need to enjoy the process of learning. Yes. Yes. And one of the things we know about you, Baron, is that you do enjoy learning. I and do, yeah. that you are a major autodidact. You've been listening to a French Revolution podcast <laughs> yes, in I your have. free time because yeah. you like information so much. <laughs> right. The only French Revolution thing I know is Les Mis. That's right. Which is great. Pretty good, accurate is uh, representation. Yeah. Great. Uh, I don't know if it's a good accurate yeah, yeah. <laughs> I only so, know the musical to Les Mis. I don't know if yeah. I don't know the book. Valjean dies and the French Revolution is over, right? That's how, in the historical, that's how it plays. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, you're right. right, right. <laughs> it's basically it. it uh, yes, that's exactly. how you know it ended when Jean Valjean sings <laughs> that last Hugh, song. Hugh Jackman dies. So yeah. that ends the <laughs> French Revolution. Yeah. 
Um, what is your main source? I know this is a wildly broad question, but your go-to source for new information. Is it podcasts? Um, if you want to learn about something, you have like a brand new topic, a brand new subject that you know nothing about. What would be your, I mean, like sort of. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess podcasts, co- podcasts and books. Um, yeah. But most of the books I get are because of podcasts really? I'm listening to when they say, you should read this book. This right. is the book Same. that I read about right. this or this person that's my guest wrote this book. Cool. And then sometimes I'll go pick up those books and, yep. and want to listen to them. And yep. you look great holding a book. Just in Everyone, you it's like, <laughs> You look so good. Like Adam and I used to cater and like you go in messy. You don't care what you look like. This is back in the day. But if we carried a book, people would treat us with respect. It's true. Oh, people are like, oh, they oh, know you, things. They have reads. a book. You read? Yeah. They got a book. So he can listen to instructions if he reads. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> literally smarter than he me. He has at least six ninety nine. Right. He could purchase that book. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, it's the second act of the No Joke Podcast. Yes. In this act, we like to talk about the things that we are currently learning. Yes. We've mentioned briefly that Barron's talking about the, uh, reading and learning about the French Revolution. Yes. Adam, are you teaching yourself anything? Well, it's funny. Maggie and I are uh, Friday, two days from now. We're about to go to Asia. We're about to take a three-week oh, trip. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think you told me about that I think Yeah, bit. I mentioned yeah. it to you. Uh, so I've been kind of – we're going to Tokyo and Ooh. then to Thailand and Ooh. then to Cambodia. Whoa. And then back to Tokyo. So I have been just sort of reading a little bit about, just briefly, yeah. uh, about just kind of the sociopolitical history of Cambodia and Thailand, both very violent. Oh, yes. wow. Wildly sad. Recently? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Khmer Rouge was uh, a, sort of a, a bad situation in Cambodia from like 1975 to 1979. There was a, a pretty brutal genocide that was oh, happening wow. there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Killing Fields. Good and movie. My TV dad was in that movie. Your TV dad was in that movie. He is in the movie The Killing Fields, yeah. Sam Waterston. Sam Waterston, that's yes. right. Wow. Baron, you work with some legends, not to immediately sort of veer this off track, but you oh, get I to mean, work with some from legends, From genocide man. to actual genocide. Genocide. genocide to Sam Waterston. From genocide to the side of Waterston. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's in The Killing Fields. He's in The Killing Fields. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've been kind of j- gently poking around. No podcasts yet. If you have any recommendations, I would love them. You're going on a 16-hour flight. You better start downloading some Yes, podcasts. exactly. I know. I need all the podcast help I can get. Right. Uh, I... I learned a little bit about um, the Vietnam War yeah. because that is a big thing. And also the history, like the kind of like the history of the United States and sort of how mm-hmm. the United States has acted as an international power. That's what I'm learning. the last hundred years. That's what I'm learning. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's also why I'm learning about the French Revolution because I feel like it kind of has some information in it but might speak to what kind of a revolution mm-hmm. could happen in this country in the next maybe our lifetime mm-hmm. right right um but that said i was learning about like the you know those asian countries that mm-hmm. you mentioned cambodia and vietnam in specific mm-hmm. um even though you didn't mention vietnam you mentioned thailand mm-hmm. but just kind of like what has happened in there yeah. up and down there from the 60s to the yeah. 70s and how like the economies of those countries were basically destroyed, destroyed. in a lot of different ways ruined yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a fraught it's a fraught region. I mean, it kind of seems like if you examine any region, every region has bl- blood in the soil or whatever right. poetic way you want to say it. But right. um, but yeah, that's sort of what I've been kind into of it. curious about it, into and talking it. around about. Certainly, something I didn't really know too much about. Yeah, Baron, you said that you're learning about the French Revolution and how it could be a potential precursor to what we may experience in our lifetime. Like, what elements of that? If you don't mind teaching us for a second. Well, um, why I'm interested in the French Revolution is because it is a revolution that happened in a country that was a significant power yeah. at the time. Mm. Right. This is basically right after the American Revolution. Right. We basically got our independence because Lafayette, right. yes. who was instrumental in the American Revolution, street named after him in New York, exactly. was back in France. Right. Hamilton the musical fame. Right. And, yeah. met, and then David Diggs was on Blackish, <laughs> um, <laughs> playing Tracy Ellis Ross's brother. Um, same dude. French, French Revolution. Revolution. In a nutshell. <laughs> um, so 
there is it's it's the example and I'm right what I'm learning what I'm learning where I am right now. Um, it's a podcast called Revolutions, by the way. Cool. This guy's name's Mike Duncan. He had a podcast called The History of Rome, and I've always been interested in Rome too. Cool. Very good. So I listened to that like a lot. Cool. Mm-hmm. And then he started doing pod, a podcast, a historical podcast about each major revolution that's happened in the world. So oh, he's wow. covered maybe seven. Very cool. And the French Revolution is the fifth one. Okay. Right. So the French were really all like kind of um, leading or following the example that the Americans had made in getting mm. their independence because there was such a huge um, gap between the wealthy yep. and the poor. Yep. Sound familiar? So the, the more <laughs> yeah. and more that wealth disparity yeah. grew, the more you were headed towards Revolution. some sort of comeuppance. Yep. And that's sort of one of the things I see in the States yeah. is that this gap is getting wider and wider. The middle class, if you will, is shrinking and shrinking. Truly. Yep. And it's regardless of what you think the um, the solutions to yeah. that are or or who you thought the president was that was going to maintain right. or fix those things, these things are happening. Yeah. They're still real. It, They're still real. Is it is it presumptuous of me to say that – it? I mean just because you have a little bit more of the historical context. But it does seem like income inequality and the disparity, that almost seems to be the only thing that prompts revolution. I mean not only but like more than ideologi- even ideological r- religious battles. It is like – we're all poor. We're starving. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're starving. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, every war, ostensibly, yeah. every war is about resources when yeah. it comes down to it. Yeah. Even an international war is about who controls the oil, who right. has more land, who, right. who, this is where I want my border. No, but this is where we want our border, right. sort of thing. And now it's sort of a time where um, people inside. The society yeah. itself. It's not like the whole of America's at war with another country. America's at war with itself. Yes. Right. There's yeah. conflict so, here. Exactly. And that's right. what the French Revolution was. Wow. Right. Was a was a place that was at war with itself. Yes. Right. And what are the circumstances that made that happen? Yeah. Yes. It's fascinating. It's kind of scary to even consider. Like we know what the American Revolution looked like. We know slightly. You know. You know. And to a certain extent, we know about the French Revolution. But Wait, like, what a modern revolution might look like you know does it need to be the same level of overthrowing or is there something else Probably well a, a little fewer a few fewer bayonets hope so uh, yeah i mean and that's the other level of it is every time something like this happens the culture changes around right. it in a way that doesn't set the scene for it ever happening again right in oh, that exact way okay it sort of gets absorbed into the culture huh. Because the end of the French Revolution was that they killed the monarchy right. Right. <laughs> and created a, a, a government, right. yep. a system of government that they had to invent, and they based it on the Brits and the Americans, and they kind of right. made their own. Right. So the, that's what I see in the United States is that like it might be the end of the government as we know it. Right. But then also the question is, because what happened with the French was other countries support this sort of thing. Mm. Like the French supported the American Revolution. Right. right. They know like, ooh, it's going to piss off the British. We have <laughs> to fund them. Right. Ooh, the British are going to be like, hey, French, you you sonners of bitches. Yeah. And they're be like, ha, 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 you're, right, not, right. you're not in charge of the United States anymore. We win. Yeah. And then, so it makes me wonder like if there's some sort of class war in this country yeah. if other countries would be like, we support this side. Yes. Definitely. Right. Oh, Especially while the world man. economy has become kind of a unified, weird thing. I right? just got charged up. My my spine straightened when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you say you want to learn okay. stuff, and then Baron drops stuff like that, and you're like, oh, man, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> no, I hope not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm just... All of this is just for me to know which direction to run in. Yeah, dude. I get North, it. North, south, east, or west. I get it. How can I escape the mess? Wait, I'm with. <laughs> yes. Yes. As simple as that. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, we went on a particularly terrible flight once. Uh, we had to fly through it and land in a hurricane. And immediately after oh that, God. I had to read about uh, 
planes. I needed to understand what turbulence was. I needed to just like, I was tired of just like living in this, maybe we're crashing, maybe we're not crashing, maybe we're crashing. And that's a great point of like knowledge and learning is the antidote to, to irrational fear. Right. It's like if you want to cut and, and neutralize irrational fear, uh, just, I know that's like a simplistic thing, but just a little, facts will arm you. Meet a Muslim. The, simple, <laughs> yeah. the simplest things are usually the best. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Just learn a little bit. Know, understand what's happening, and it usually takes away. Yeah, fear is almost always born out of I don't know or I don't understand. Yeah. Yes. Like, Baron, you've been terrified of the French Revolution up till now, and Uh, now you're (laughs) (laughs) you're comfortable with it. Yeah. Grips with it. (laughs) Yeah. It's 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 a it's an interesting subject, you know, especially to know like how people because people survived it. Right. Everyone didn't die. Right. Like there was this division. And there's a France still. There's a France. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, like people went out of the country. Some people stayed. Some yeah. people, it's, it's an interesting thing. And I, I, I'm curious about how that might work. Yes. In a modern context. You're right. Uh, let's go into the second act break. Great. We're talking a lot about Les Mis. I think we got to play a song from We're it. obligated. Do we have a particular song in mind? I mean, do you hear the people sing as always? We've talked about it a million times. That's the go-to. Uh, uh, re- black and re- Is it Black and Red? Oh, yeah. that's a that's good one. Is that Marius? That's so good. That's one of my personal favorites. Yeah, yeah. We can do that. Gets me charged up. Yeah. You want to do that one? Let's do it, can we? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get Adam charged. We'll be right back. No joke. It is time for us all to decide who we are. Do we fight for the right to unite the opera now? Have you asked of yourself what's the price you might pay? Is this simply a game for a rich young boy to play? The colors of the world are changing day by day. Red. The blood of angry men Black The dark of ages past Red A world about to dawn Black The night that ends at last Had you seen her today You might know how it feels To be struck to the bone In a moment of breathless delight Had you been there today, you might also have known How your world may be changed in just one burst of light And what was right seems wrong And what was wrong seems right Red, I feel my soul on fire Black, my world, if she's not there Red, it's the color of desire color of despair. Larius, you're no longer a child. I do not doubt you mean it well. But now there is a higher call. Who cares about your lonely soul? We strive towards a larger goal. Our little lives don't count at all. Red, the blood of
that was one of our favorite tracks from Les Miserables, a musical that, not to brag, I've seen on Broadway. Wow. <laughs> as well. yeah. I don't know if you guys have. Damn. Is, I know. Look. Were you born in the early 80s? Yeah, I was born in the mid-80s. Damn, so, yeah. dude. You're the man. Yeah. yeah, I've seen it. I've also seen Miss Saigon, a helicopter lands yeah, on stage, whatever. That's true. That's the, I was here, that's the, it's the same composers, by the way, Les Mis and Miss Saigon. Makes sense. It My is, mom right? loved both. Uh, yeah. yeah. I always heard that Miss Saigon is the play where theater learned it's not movies. Uh, how so? Oh, why? Because of that, the helicopter. that helicopter. Apparently, if you saw the original production of Miss Saigon, when that helicopter landed, it made you go, this is ridiculous. <laughs> That's true, though. This is the stupidest Stupid. thing. Why would they do that? <laughs> You're right. Just freaking have a helicopter sound. Just now you... mime it. Just mime it. Exactly. It's theater. Right. Yeah, yeah. That, like, required two years of box office sales to justify that helicopter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're still paying for the helicopter. <laughs> yeah. In, in psychological ways. Yes. Now, yeah. Baron, you uh, studied theater yourself yeah, at Boston University. Yes. Did you do musicals? No, Boston University doesn't offer any sort of program oh, about yeah. musical theater. Yeah. Um, people could sing, and every now and then if there were enough people in a class yes. that could sing, they would do a musical. Yeah. Um, I didn't end up doing a musical at mm-hmm. school in college. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you, Adam? Did you ever do a musical? You uh, you went to NYU. High school, yes. College, NYU took itself, I think, to your point, similar to BU, uh, a little, too, quote, unquote, too seriously yep. to engage in musical theater. There was a musical theater studio that, that yeah. was their only thing that they did. Cap. Cap 21, exactly. Right. But the rest of us are doing Pinter and Beckett, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's only. Kind of, do you think Hamilton has already made it to the school Ooh, play yes. uh, world? Has yes. it? Yes. yes. Their high schools the high schools are doing productions of Hamilton. There's That's probably great, yeah, there's man. probably like kids that are demanding that that play goes like is the play that they do. And yes. then also high school kids Seriously. are writing musicals in the style of Hamilton. Right. There's right. no way. It's like exactly. It's like Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant played in a certain way and then all the kids patent their shots and yeah. work on their shots and then when they're 18 they're ready they're to do it. They're be better. Exactly. Than everything that came before. Them. Exactly. So there's 6-year-olds listening to Hamilton and they're like, "Oh, I already know what this is. Now I'm just going to do it myself." I like it's an obvious thing but worth repeating that like Lin Manuel Miranda pulled off that magic trick of like making historical nerddom cool hip hop cool it's just like he melded those two yeah, worlds yeah. in a way that like yeah of course t- teens now want to like write his- their own historical musical yeah, yeah. it's amazing or that- at least a hip hop musical oh, yeah, and, exactly. and that's the thing rap it rap needed time you know like yeah. rap had to have time to find itself it couldn't just be like they tried a Tupac musical back in the day oh, it's that's like right. they did it's they like the did. rap audience like needed Anthony to- Mackie was in it really he was he Tupac, Tupac. Oh. it was called Whistle Down the Wind I think Whistle what down is that no that's not right Whistle Down the Wind it's gotta be all eyes on me, right? <laughs> it wasn't all eyes on me. That's the name of the movie, the right. biopic yeah. that's coming out. Right. I forget what it was called. It, it was, was called... written by a Juilliard playwright. Right. And well, Anthony Mackie was at Juilliard. Right. And then Wrote they did the Tupac it. musical. Yes. I, I th- I'm not sure if it was a musical. It was a play, but there's no way he didn't rap. Yeah. You got to do Tupac songs, yeah. right? Yeah. If you're not doing Tupac songs, yes. what is it? Yes. Um, I don't know what it is. I yeah, we thought. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's the third act of the No Joke podcast, however, and in this act, we like to talk about. The future of learning. Yes. Things that potentially we'd like to be teaching ourselves in a few years or soon. Yes, or mm-hmm. ways that we would like to learn. Uh, a debate that Billy and I have frequently. Billy is a big Ray Kurzweil singularity guy. Yeah. So as we talk – as, as are you. I yes. feel like the singularity is really interesting to me. Good. So we talk about the benefit of uh, – so it kind of sounds like you would be on board with if they had a little microchip that they could put into your bloodstream and cure all the diseases and maybe even – would you be down to essentially upload information to your brain so that you wouldn't have to read to get it? Not in the first fleet of that technology. First fleet. I'm That's waiting funny. for the second fleet. Funny. Yes. I'm waiting for the second the, we're fleet. We're talking about the difference between the, the iPhone yeah. and the iPhone 7. Yeah. L- let me drop a hypothetical. <laughs> 
The first fleet happens when you're 75. So biologically, let's call it 85. Biologically, you might have 10 to 15 more years if you're lucky. Are you going to say, you know what? I did 85 biological years. I'll go first. Give me the encyclopedia chip. Well, I mean, Kurzweil uh, also has a book called Live Long Enough to Live Forever. Right. In which they uh, basically give you a sort of a diet to elongate your lifespan to the point that you'll be able to elongate your lifespan. That's his goal. (laughs) That's the singularity goal. Exactly. That you get to a point where they have technology. Like, you're you're 75, you're going to look like you're 30. Right. Right. Live to 300. He he takes like 400 pills a day to like simulate where it's going to be in a couple years. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But wait, what was the question again? The question is you're 85 years old. Mm. And you probably have 10 more biological years to go. Do you want the knowledge chip? Then the second fleet's not going to happen for another 20 years. Will you take the knowledge chip now? I don't know. I mean, at that by that point, like anything that I don't know is not going to have any more effect on my life. <laughs> but this is the one thing that might. This might prolong your life another 100, 200 years. This is the singularity. You'll become first more fleet. technological first than fleet. biological. First he's, giving it the, he's giving this first question fleet. the thought it deserves. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's the the the, the, you know yeah the beta of that technology. I'm not sure. Work all the kinks out, please. Uh, I'm Team First Fleet. Let's get that out of the way. You've been itching for this as long as I'm like past 55 and my kids are 18 or so. I'm I'm down. I'll be First Fleet. I guess the thing is that, and this is a this is a philosophical question in a sort of a weird way. Sure. What do you think constitutes knowledge? Mm. Knowing actual information or having an autobiographical experience in which you remember the information. So that way, right. if you're ever in a slumdog millionaire situation, you just happen to have all the experiences that answered every question on that show. Why are you torturing me? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, well, I it's a, a profound question. Yes. <laughs> and I what? will say that I saw it kind of take place once on Jeopardy and Watson kicked the shit out of the other yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I think I'm going to take the chip. Yeah. <laughs> but your point is a good one, Baron. You're saying, what is knowledge? Is it simply the facts themselves? Is it the acquisition of the facts? Or is it the, the path by which you obtain them? Yes. And it yeah. could go through your own filter of just intellect and yes. like morality. Yes. You know, and there's... Yeah. So just uploading all of the French Revolution history for, through the computer chip, is that learning about it? Yes, because <laughs> also who wrote that knowledge? Okay. Bum, bum. Because that's the thing about history is that it is the story told by the winners. Yes, dog, you are so... Billy has been recently diving into Howard Zinn's People's History of the United States. Oh, yeah, he was a a professor at BU when I was there. Ooh, fun. I didn't get to take his class. Ellie Wiesel, also a professor at BU when I was there. Saul Bellow, also. Saul Bellow? Yeah. Heavy hitters. Wow. Oh, <laughs> like, Saul Bellow. Bellow, damn. <laughs> Bellow, did you just say Saul? <laughs> but it's true. It's true. Like, textbooks determine what we learn yeah. and what we deem we. The I mean, we is kind of in quotes. Yes. But what is important? What yes. the country will know in the stories? Yes. This like, is why I'm learning about the French history, French Revolution, because, look. Most of the things that we're taught in school, we're taught from this perspective of you're supposed to know this in order to be a person. Right? Yep. But a board of people and a superintendent and a federal government <laughs> decided what that knowledge is supposed to be. And yeah. they had and to they leave things out <laughs> yeah. that didn't make them look so good. Right. right? And right. you're not well informed. Right. Yeah. Edit. Just edit history to the best story, the it, best, most palpable story. It is yeah. scary when I look back now as an adult at some of the teachers I had as an elementary school student. It's like my my not I am at your behest in a way yes. it's like whatever it's like and that's a scary proposition a little bit I had a teacher who only wore a Baltimore Ravens jersey and when I was sitting in class I was like get the hell away from that chalkboard I was like why are you teaching <laughs> exactly yeah. but every now and then you meet the teacher yes that 
comes at you with that understanding of you seem like you actually are on a different level. Right. Let me tell you the other stuff exactly. that's yeah. not on the curriculum. Yeah. Seriously. You can handle it. Here's yes. the special sauce. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have a teacher like sauce. that, Baron? Did you oh, have yeah. I had plenty of teachers really? like that. Lucky? Luckily. Yeah. Wow. Lucky. Yeah. Did you, Adam? Yeah, my I think maybe we, I mentioned this before, but Mr. Diefendorf was my AP U.S. history teacher, eleventh grade. Our textbook was a People's History of the United States. Oh, that's, our his class wow. that's his textbook. That's his choice. Whoa, his choice because he was like that hippy dippy sort of like countercultural. You can do that. Yeah, that's impressive. You yeah. can submit what you want to be the curriculum, but the board has to approve it. Impressive on the boards right? and their fronts. Little liberal enclave yeah. in upstate New York, and he was telling us the truth about Christopher Columbus. Right, like mm. right off the bat. I was now, like, do okay. you think that there is? Because it's definitely true that like history is told from somebody's perspective. That's right. Yes. Do you think that that book as well also is uh, biased in biased some way? in ways? Well, I mean, I, I think I mean, yeah, kind of organically. I guess everything. It's hard for something to be, I don't know, unbiased. I don't know what you think about this. Yeah, and I'm not but, trying to slander it. No, no, I'm, no. Just, I'm just saying that it's like it's easy to just be like, well, this isn't what we were taught, so this is 100% correct and this is right. Yeah. It definitely provides another story that needs to be told. Yeah. But I think that's the thing. Right. Is that you need multiple perspectives right. on different events that happened. Agreed. If you only have one perspective, then it's really easy to be fed one agenda. No question. So you have to, in all of these different contexts, go to multiple sources yep. and read between the lines. That's yep, right. you're right. That's the only way to really that's know. Exactly and right. that's good advice now. Because sure. like in media, it's like whatever you're, you want your opinion to be, you can just Google and find a support. Confirmation bias. Uh, yeah, you can exactly. confirm any that's bias you That's how clickbait and all, that, all, exactly. the fake, all the fake news that actually exists. Totally. Right. Donald Trump's version. Totally. But actual fake news exactly. started because people aren't looking up the sources. And that's critical right. thinking now more than ever in this kind of like chaos government system that we have it's yes. like now you have to be as diligent as possible yes. <laughs> you know you can't just say I just I read it somewhere yes some of my favorite sort of artistic expressions are also similar uh, along that theme of like uh, ver differ differing perspectives of an event that everyone knows one of my favorite plays is that Tom Stoppard play Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, dead. Yeah. because it's like the fringe characters of Hamlet and it's like not the Hamlet narrative which would be like the textbook history right. but the people's history of Hamlet it's like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern's p point of view right. from Rosencrantz here. Right. And there was a play that I was just reading about that was based on Albert Camus' A Stranger, which is about a guy who just, like, kills a Muslim man just to do it, just to, like, do it, just to feel what it feels like. Ugh. Someone wrote a play that was from the perspective of the Muslim man. So mm. it's like now it's oh, like wow. a whole different – it's the same story of The Stranger yeah. but reframed Can you just from do that? Because there's plenty of, like, side characters that I'd love to do a little more digging on yeah. and, like, the dumbest of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Gus Gus. That definitely, that definitely happens. I feel like um, – yeah, I mean that's the other thing about art is that all art in a way is a history lesson. Yeah. Because you get to feel – so history is like and then this happened and this happened and then this happened and then this happened. Oh, I see where you're but going. But art right. is when this was happening – People were compelled people to make were, this. People were feeling things and yeah. here's, a, here's an expression all of right. people Conflicted were feeling. feelings. Totally. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you're and like, so right. Yeah. It was this and it was that and we were in the middle of it. That's what kind of lame is is a sort of a report from the people's perspective yes. of the French Revolution. Yes. yes. So when you look at art, you look at paintings, you look at theater, you look at music yes. of a time – People are reporting the yeah. emotional truth of the time. You're right. But there's also the danger in deciding just like just like we, we, we get this – it gets decided what information we're going to get about history. Yes. Sometimes we go, this is the definitive artist of yes. that time and it negates – Everything else. Whoever else was around that person. Right. And a lot of the times it negates that person. Right. Mm. Because they, they were – like Picasso showed up – or like Picasso is a bad example actually because I think he was like – he showed up and everyone's like, this guy's amazing. Yeah, right, <laughs> but there's yeah. a lot of artists – oh, here's a good example. The Great Gatsby. Okay. okay. Uh, my friend was talking about this the other day. 
when The Great Gatsby came out, the book, it was panned. Huh. It was panned. Right. I think Time Magazine basically said, this is the stupidest thing. He's got it all wrong. Right, <laughs> right. 80 years later, yeah. we're like, that's the definitive yeah. book of Seriously. the jazz age. Of that, of the j- he defined what it was. Yeah. So someone's always inside it that's telling the truth. Yeah. Right. But the people at the time are like, no, nah, no, nah, he's wrong. He's yeah. wrong. Right. He, he doesn't get it. And that's, then later you're like, oh, he got it. He fully he got, got it, it actually. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. That's really interesting. Um, fellas, that was The Learning Podcast. What a great chat. Hey, we, we learned did. something. We learned. You have to wait 66 episodes to finally bring in a smart friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But God bless Who the smart friend. Who is our smart friend? <laughs> yeah. Every 66. Yeah. Every get on the route so we'll see you on a hundred we'll see you on episode 132 perfect okay uh thanks again b Baron. good math right away got you dog. <laughs> <laughs> for the no joke podcast i am billy scafiri i'm adam lusting and as always we will talk to you next week thanks for listening that was a headgum podcast